What's going on, fam? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. I think we're at episode 23. Yes, Gordon. I think so. Uh, always, as, as I always mention, quick reminder, you know, it's a live show. So uh, we, we want to see your questions, especially with this guest. Uh, just killing it right now. I, th I think it'd be super beneficial to have people uh, popping off in, in the chat. Uh, and don't forget to show some love. Hit the like button, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, um, all that, all that good stuff. But today's episode, we're gonna have a good time. I mean, this our guest—he's been absolutely on fire. He's a father, husband, founder of uh, Better Home Buyers, owner of a skip tracing company. He was a former D1 college football player. There you go. And we're gonna talk about how he was able to take his business from zero dollars to six figures in less than two years that, that, like that's just let's just leave that there um let's welcome our guy austin rice to the get the bag podcast what's going on austin hey what's up guys what's up how's it going hey it's it's going yeah. thank you so much for for coming on here man we're gonna have a good conversation yeah no i'm excited thanks for having me and uh and uh you know excited to get going Awesome. Appreciate you. So, you know, for, for those who don't know, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, obviously you were a D1 athlete. Uh, what were you doing before kind of real estate? And um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, my background, you know, I grew up playing sports, um, you know, all the time. I uh, was never not busy. Um, and then, yeah, I went, got a scholarship to play, you know, college football, um, ended up not finishing, uh, ended up leaving school and just started working full time. Right. Uh, you know, different things happened and, and, you know, it just had to start working. And so, uh, was really, in, I've been in sales since, you know, ever since I can remember. Um, and so, you know, background before real estate was, you know, just different types of sales. You know, I was doing, you know, gym membership sales, um, personal training package sales, uh, you know, I did pharmaceutical sales, which was like my most recent, like right before I got into real estate. Um, and you know, that was, that was it, right? Like sales is just what I knew. Um, right. you know, I've just been, I did like public speaking back in middle school. So like talking to people was never really like an issue for me. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of took that and started realizing that I could make money by just talking to people and you know providing value to them and so that's kind of really what i stuck with you know throughout my career you know prior to getting into real estate um you know outside of that uh you know i'm 25 uh i've got a family um you know beautiful wife uh we just had a baby boy just turned a year um on the congrats. yeah congrats um, shout out appreciate it and then i've also got an eight-year-old stepson as well so um, you know, that's kind of a little bit, you know, more about me, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and kind of how I got here, right. Before real estate, right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's dope. I love it. I love it. So, um, you know, how did you get into real estate? Like, you know, what was that first, first, uh, I guess, step for you? And, you know, yeah. I know that, you know, um, maybe you had different ventures or you had a nine to five. So kind of, mm -hmm. kind of tell us that story. Yeah. So, um, I actually got into real estate completely by accident. Um, you know, I didn't read the rich dad, poor dad or anything like mm -hmm. that, which is like a lot of people get started. I know right? Everybody always says that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first. So I was doing pharmaceutical sales, you know, I was traveling a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm based in Jacksonville, Florida. So like whenever I was doing it, uh, my territory was basically like Orlando and, and, nor and North. Right. Um, mm. So I was covering like the whole entire like, North part of the state. So I was traveling a lot. Um, and so one of the things I did while I was in the car was listen to podcasts and, um, you know, just kind of trying to figure out like the next kind of side hustle. Right. Like, you know, I was making good money in pharmaceutical sales, but, you know, I think, I think, as entrepreneurs, like everybody kind of has that itch where it's like, yeah, this is good, but there, there's better, right? Like the, what else is there, you know? And so um, was listening to podcasts, you know, about just a bunch of different stuff, you know, business podcasts, you know, personal development podcasts and things like that. Never once did I even look into a real estate podcast. 
Um, I just had like on Spotify, just kind of had it on shuffle. And uh, next thing I know, a Brent Daniels TTP, you know, wholesaling Inc. podcast popped up. Um, listen to the guy talk, right? I don't know if you guys know Brent. Obviously, probably do. Dude's energy is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, listen to the podcast. I was like, hold on. Wholesaling, that, that, never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to him talk a little bit more. And I was like, wait a second. That's just all it is is just sales. And, um, you know, really started looking into it. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of what got me interested in it was just randomly hearing the podcast while I was driving, you know, all over Florida. Um, and then, you know, that interest turned into, you know, kind of like an obsession for a little while where I was, you know, doing research and research and research and, you know, finding this out, finding that out. Um, and then actually my wife, uh, somebody that she actually went to college with was actually actively wholesaling. Uh, and so I reached out to him, uh, started talking with him a little bit, um, you know, and then a come COVID actually March or no, I'm sorry. It was the end of February of 2020. Um, I was doing it part-time, you know, on the side and then, um, you know, my pharmaceutical job, I was prepping to go out of town and got a call from our VP of sales. And at the time I was, you know, top three to five in the company out of over a hundred reps. So like, you know, I I was crushing it. Um, Got a call like eight o'clock in the evening. You know, Hey, what's going on? Nothing. Just getting ready to go out of town. And he said, well, you have heard of this thing called COVID. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, I heard it's in China and Europe and all these other places like that. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, all of our manufacturers are in China and Europe. So we don't have any product. (laughs) We don't need a sales team. From this point forward, you're laid off. And this was like eight o'clock at night, you know, and mm. it was a three minute phone call. And, uh, you know, and, and that was just that was the kick in the ass, honestly, that that pushed me to go full time into real estate um, and haven't looked back since. Um, so, yeah, wow. it was uh, late February of, uh, of 20. That's like right. Right. I know. When it started. It, it, yeah. it hadn't even made it to the U.S. yet. Yeah, that was, it was over happened. in Asia. Yeah, yeah, so it was still like just kind of breaking out in China, just kind of breaking out in Europe. Like it wasn't even like massive yet, right? Big enough to where I guess it had shut down the manufacturing facilities mm-hmm. to where we had gotten like where we got products at, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it made sense, right? If we don't have products to sell, we don't need a sales team, so right, <laughs> you know, just kind of cut it off there. Um, but honestly, that was one of the biggest blessings in disguise. Uh, because, you know, to be completely honest, I can't, I can't honestly say that I would have taken that leap, right. In having a family and having, you know, the people that rely on me for support, right. Like it was, it was a cushy job. You know, I, I kind of yeah. made a schedule, you know, I was, I was making, you know, good money doing the pharmaceutical sales. Um, I was traveling a lot, so I didn't really have a good schedule at the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, I, I would have never probably made that leap if it hadn't have been for them literally like cutting the rope for me. Right. right. Um, and yeah, that's, and the rest is history. That's all she wrote. I love <laughs> it. I love it. That's sometimes like, I, I always say there's something about like having your back against a wall where 100%. Like, I don't know with like humans where it's like, it's just another gear kicks in. Like, you know, either yeah. you're either going to fall and be a couch potato and be like, Oh, woe is me. Or you can be like, well, I have this other opportunity. Let me, let me, let me use this to, you know, kickstart that. So like, where were you in in part of like, you say you started Mm part-time, how long had you been doing wholesaling? Had you closed deals? Like, what was your, what was that transition look like from part-time to like, all right, well, I guess this is what I got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, I don't want to like take it out of con. Like, I don't want, you know, I had that moment for sure. Right. Like, um, but to be honest, it only lasted like 10 minutes. Right. I like, I got the phone call. I remember like vividly, I got the phone call. He hung up on me. Like he didn't even let me like say anything. He just said it hung up. Um, and I just remember like this look of shock on my face. My yeah. wife was like, what, what was that? And um, I told her what happened. I just went outside on the porch and I just like right. went outside and I was like, you know, I was just thinking to myself like, damn, like, you know, mm-hmm. and um and I, I remember I sat out there for probably, you know, five, 10 minutes. I came back inside and I was like, all right, babe, it's I'm full time in real estate now. 
Um, and it was just like a click. Uh, but that's the transition, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm a good example for what the transition <laughs> is because we keep it real here. It's all good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say I'm a good example for what the transition is because, uh, you know, it was a mix of timing, luck, and just, you know, getting after it. Um, I had already closed one deal, uh, like doing it part time. So, like, that kind of like faith to facts had already clicked for me, right? Like, right, right. a lot of people before they close their first deal, it's just a matter of like faith, right? Like, oh, I believe mm -hmm. it can happen. And, and right. I see all these people that are crushing it. And, and um, I had already kind of had that moment where you know, I made a, a little tiny, like, 4K deal. But it was reality, right? Like, okay, this is real. You can actually get paid from it. Um, so I, it was already fact for me, right? Um, but the transition for me, because the way I was going about it was just old school, right? Um, I had HubSpot, you know, I, downloaded, <laughs> I, I signed up for a free HubSpot account. Um, I skip traced a list of like 300 records, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I... You know, at the time, I didn't really have the disposable marketing, you know, sure. money or anything like that. So, um, skip trace like 300 records, and um, <laughs> in between doctors' offices, I was hand dialing the records from an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. Um, you know, going and in between, you know, appointments at doctors' offices and stuff like that. I was really calling homeowners. I didn't have, you know, a computer pulled up. I didn't have. You know, Zillow pulled up, or I didn't have anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, I was just doing it, right? I was just calling them, um, and ended up getting a uh, a pretty decent sized deal off of doing that. Um, and then, you know, once that kind of got like I, my hand kind of got forced, uh, the transition was, you know, hey, I don't have to hand dial anymore, right? I'm gonna go mm -hmm. in, I'm gonna sign up for, you know mojo and what you what the first one that i signed up for was mojo right. um, went and signed up for mojo dialer um and uh went and skip traced a list of like five thousand records which still is not a huge list right. um and at the time my wife actually worked at a co-working space um so it was super convenient because i actually had somewhere i could go yeah um and i went and just set up shop there and started cold calling all day, mm. every day. Um, and uh, ended up getting two deals my first week. Um, wow. And, you know, then from there, it was just the rest is the rest is history. I love it. That's so cool. you were literally like cold calling, like for for how long? Just like on the dialer? As long as I was dialing eight hours a day. I mean, mm -hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't like, a, you know, let me call and, you know, then take a break and let me call. Like I was, you know, like my back was against the wall. I didn't have any, I didn't right. have a plan B, right. Exactly. Uh, you know, what I thought was my plan had just gotten literally just pulled out. Um, and so I had to make it work. It wasn't like, uh, you know, if it works, it does. If not cool, it was, mm -hmm. you know, I got to figure Success out. was the only it. option. Yeah. Right. And so, right. Um, you know, and I, I knew sales, I knew how to do sales. Right. And then, um, at the time back then though, I still thought of it as real estate, right. I still mm -hmm. thought of wholesaling as real estate. And so it was still kind of like a, a learning curve for me, you know, whenever I, I was doing it back then. Um, and so uh, I was still trying to have like, you know, these, I was Googling scripts and like downloading mm -hmm. scripts and everything. And, you know, trying to like tweak it and make it my own and all this stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, whenever I first started, I was literally cold calling eight hours a day. Um, you know, I was taking everything from cold call to negotiation to, you know, sending out the contract and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't, you know, I didn't hire a VA right off the jump. Um, right. You know, I had hired acquisitions right off the jump. I mean, I was, you know, I was doing everything. You're locked right? in. Which, yeah. You know, in, in my opinion, I feel like, I'm going to say that everybody, but I feel like in order to grow like a wholesaling company successfully, I feel like you, you kind of have to be in the trenches, yeah. um, at least for a little bit, uh, to know every single position. Right. Right. I, I, I love that. I mean, I think, um, because you kind of started from, 
you know, basically bootstrapping everything. I mean, yeah. you did everything. I mean, you, you just started from just cold calling, even part time, right? Cold calling, and then I mean, yeah, I was I was literally dialing people off a spreadsheet in HubSpot. <laughs> but that's what we tell people: like yeah, when you yeah. start off, More. like just you talk know? to sellers. Don't yeah, worry exactly. about the systems; they'll come later. I didn't. Whenever I first got the first person that said they were interested, I had no clue how to comp the house. Yeah, I had no clue how to make an <laughs> offer. And so I literally just, you know, I knew the 70% rule, which I don't use that anymore. Um, but I just, I didn't know how to pull an ARV or anything like that yet. Um, mm -hmm. Just, and so I literally just went on Zillow, 70% of the Zestimate <laughs> and did it. And, right. um, you know, luckily enough, the guy had a big enough reason he wanted to sell it that, you know, it right. worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was bootstrapped to the core, wow. you know? <laughs> Um, let's go back a little bit. Um, I know the transition between, you know, losing your job and then getting into wholesaling. What was that conversation like with your wife and was she working at the time or mm -hmm. how, how was that, um, conversation? Um, you know, I'll be honest, I I'm extremely lucky, right? Like, um, you know, and I, I say lucky, but I feel like at the same time, like, you kind of prove your luck when it comes to your significant other. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she believes in me a hundred percent. Um, but I think I've also given her reason to, um, mm -hmm. and so when it came to that conversation, it was, it was a, it was a scary conversation. Right. I mean, both of us were, you know, scared, uh, at mm -hmm. the time she was working, um, you know, but I, I was the breadwinner. Right. Um, you know, and so, we were relying on you know, her income that was quote unquote stable. Right. 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 Uh, she was managing a co-working space. And so um, it was a scary, I mean, it was a scary conversation, but it wasn't a hard one. Right. Okay. Um, because it, like I said, it, it was kind of a forced thing, right? Like, no choice. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to leave, leave this high paying job to take a All chance right. to bet on myself. It was, I gotta do it you know, and, and, uh, the biggest thing I told her was, I was just like, you know, I just need you to believe in me, you know, mm. just, just believe that I got us and, and, you know, I'll make it happen. Right. Uh, and, you know, now here we are. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I think I, I just really got lucky. You know, my wife's awesome. Uh, mm. you know, and so she, you know, she believed in me whenever times were good and also whenever times were bad. Right. Sure. Shout uh, out to the wifey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I probably wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for that, because, you know, whenever and that's the thing that a lot of people got to realize, like, it's not always like an up, like an up ride. Right. Like it's a right. roller coaster whenever it comes, especially like when you're first getting going, like it's a roller coaster for sure. Um, and so, you know, when things were bad, right, like when we had, you know, whenever I was first starting off and like we didn't have a closing yet or we we had slow months like she was the one you know babe you got this like you can do this like you know what do you need from me like how can i help um mm -hmm. so having that support whenever things were just really getting going was huge um and you know that that pushed me to prove her right mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um you know it was more than just like oh i got to do this for you know make money it was like okay now i got to prove her right you know yeah she believed yeah. in me. She trusts me with, with everything. Right. I got to prove it right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, that's how the conversation went. <laughs> Love it, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a bad or a hard conversation. It was just, you know, it was a scary one, but unnecessary, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it's important to have that foundation. I mean, we've talked about um, balancing things out with when you are, you are married or have like a serious relationship mm -hmm. is like having that strong foundation, setting the expectations from the beginning. Now it's mm -hmm. not something where you quit. Like you said, you know, you kind of had no choice. You were let go, but yeah. you guys were aligned from the get go. Yeah. And I feel like that trajected you to where you're at now. Right. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of uh, struggles are you dealing with now? Or like, cause I know our topic is like how to juggle family because that's a real thing, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Managing a business. Super real. <laughs> yeah. So like what, uh, what sort of struggles did you go as like you were gaining success, gaining traction? What were you struggling with as like with your family? Uh, cause it, you know, it, yeah. it's real. Um, I'll be honest time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, I think the biggest thing is like when things are going good and like you're game planning and you're, you know, you're building and you're, you know, you're, you're mapping out, you know, routes and steps to success. And, you know, you're trying to, you know, make fit all the pieces to the puzzle with the business. It's real easy to kind of just get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so the biggest thing, like the biggest struggle was just, you know, time. Right. And it was just realizing that like, Yes, it's good because it's going to, you know, propel the business forward, but I can't neglect the people that are going to always be there regardless of the business. Right. Um, And so, you know, that was the biggest struggle. And I mean, it still is right. Like, um, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not uh, because that'd be a lie. Right. It still Mm -hmm. is. um, But I think now we've we've really gotten a lot better with the balance of it. but yeah, whenever we, you know, whenever it was like really like first kind of we were tr- catching traction and really kind of catching our stride, um, you know, time was the biggest thing. Um, yeah. and, and it's uh, quality time, right? It, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is, it, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't home. It was different. Right. right? Yeah. It was that when I was home, I was, you know, on the phone all the time or I was on my email all the time or I was, you know, trying to code Podio or <laughs> I was trying to like. I was, I was at home, but I was still trying to figure out the next thing for the company. Right. Um, right. And so that was like the biggest struggle, you know, especially when we were catching our stride, because I think, um, you know, I think success is good, but it can also be a sabotage as well. Um, because like when you really kind of start to catch your stride is whenever you start thinking, okay, well, what else? Right. Yeah. And you start thinking like, okay, well, this is working cool. What else can we do to kind of mm-hmm. get, to the next kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, I really, I mean, I did, I was, I mean, I was in it like, uh, whenever I learned Podio, uh, I mean, I, you can, I mean, my wife hated it, but like, I, I probably spent like five days straight, like didn't sleep much. Um, you know, wasn't on the phones or anything like that. I just spent like five days, like learning, uh, the code and how to build Podio and, and everything like that. So uh, that mm-hmm. turned into our, you know, our CRM that we have now. Nice, nice. And, you know, it's just, I think, you know, your business is structured based on, you know, like you said, that time with your family too. And um, I think you do an interesting thing that a lot of on- entrepreneurs that have success uh, don't do, right? And can you talk a little bit more about like, how your business is structured and then, you know, and then separating that family time from business and how, how that works with your, your life and your business. Yeah. So, um, you know, our, our business right now, like, um, at our office, uh, the hours are nine, nine 30 to four. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that in that time period, we should be able to make shit happen. Right. Right. Um, and you know, we stay, there's some days we stay later. Um, you know, everybody, everybody that's here has a key to the office. So, you know, if I jet out, somebody else can stay later, make calls and lock up. Right. Um, but you know, I do that on purpose just because, you know, one, um, you know, I want to be able to be, you know, at the house at a reasonable time. Um, but two, you know, I, I want there not to be any burnout. Right. With, you know, the guys that are on the team, you know, the people that we have on the team. Um, I don't want it to feel like a corporate, you know, like nine to five, you know, type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, we have flexibility with the schedule. Um, you know, it's nine thirty to four is like the technical like hours. But, you know, we have a killer week and they want to work from home on a Friday. Go for it. You know, um, but as far as like how we structure the business to make sure that we can you know fit family time in as well. Um, you know, I just kind of, I, I really just kind of like to make it a, a priority of mine. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at it. Uh, there's obviously days that, you know, I get caught up in something and I get home and I'm still on the phone or I'm still taking calls or, or I leave the, I leave the house earlier than I normally do or, or something like that. But, um, you know, really what I try to do is I try to, I try to leave the house a little earlier um, I'll try to get to the office, you know, between like 730 and eight, you know, early enough to where no one else is here yet to where mm-hmm. I can sit down and I can knock out like the stuff that I need to knock out, like the higher level, like administrative or, 
uh, you know, different stuff that I need to take care of before everyone else gets here. Um, because number one, that frees me up whenever they get here to mm -hmm. be able to interact with them and help them out with anything they need. Um, but two, I'm not stressed out about that stuff now during the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to make it a big priority of mine to get here early to knock all that stuff out um, to where, you know, when four or 4.30 rolls around, I'm out, you know? Right. Um, and I, I try to do that. Like I said, not every day is, is I'm on time or not every day I'm out. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the good part about that is, too, is, you know, there's also some days where I'll leave at 12. Um, you know, my son might have, a, you know, something going on at school or, you know, flag football practice or something like that. Um, and I'll leave at 12. And the thing about it is no one in the office questions it. Right. Yeah. Because they know that, you know, we're building the business around the lifestyle. We're not building a lifestyle around the business. Mm. Um, I so love that. that. That's kind of how we've structured it. That's a, that's, a, that's a, that's a bar right there. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because um, we, yeah, we talk, I mean, we talk about, um, people talk about their vision and yeah. always like say, well, I'm here for, you know, the money, I mean, it's nice, but you have to have some sort of vision of like what kind of life you want to build and mm -hmm. then like reverse engineering, right? Like take the steps to do that. So I, I love that quote. Um, let's talk about kind of your team, how you're like, how you built your team and kind of like where, where you're at. Cause you know, the conversation we had the other day, um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of liked how you have things laid out where yeah. you're not in the business necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our team right now, we're, you know, we run lean um, and I do that on purpose, right? Um, we, we run lean and efficient. So uh, I'm very picky about, you know, who we bring on as part of the team, um, you know, through a lot of trial and error, through a lot of, you know, bringing on the wrong people or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, we've got like a really good solid foundation with our acquisitions right now. Uh, we've got three acquisition managers managing, uh, you know, we're getting, you know, over 300 leads a month right now. Um, so that right there is, is plenty to separate between three people. Um, we are currently right now actively looking to hire um, like an admin slash TC um, because right now I'm handling all that. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I also handle the dispositions right now. So mm -hmm. uh, in the near future, you know, we'll be bringing somebody on to handle the dispo. Um, but and a TC is a transitional, yeah, transactional, transactional coordinator. Right? Yeah, yeah. So somebody yeah. to handle all the paperwork, you know, making sure right. they're reaching out to the title slash closing attorney. Uh, just making sure that like the back end process that, you know, a lot of people like don't think about, right? Like right. everybody talks about going and closing deals and selling the deals, but a lot of people don't talk about like the title process yeah. right? Uh, and the back end side that, you know, uh, you got to deal with to get deals to the finish line, right. um, you know? And so um, a transaction coordinator is just the person that's going to be the point of contact for the title company, you know, making sure we're on track, making sure things are on time, making sure, you know, liens are good, payoffs are ordered, you know, HOA estoppels are done, you know, all that stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, so um, with our acquisitions team, right, like right now we've got three, um, you know, they all come from various different backgrounds. Um, I don't recruit on experience uh, or background or anything like that. I recruit on personality. Mm -hmm. um, and so with our acquisitions department, I recruit on personality. I don't recruit on any type of experience or skill or anything like that. Because um, when it comes to that, like I can train the skill. Right. I can train talk. I can train that, like how to negotiate, how to read a script. Like I can train all that. I can't mm -hmm. train your personality. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't train your genuine just ability to talk to people. Um, so that's what I look for more than anything. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of our structure right now. We've got uh, three acquisitions managers. We're actively hiring for uh, an admin uh, and It'll be like an admin and slash transaction coordinator. Um, so if you all know anybody, hit me <laughs> up. Um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the near future, we'll be we'll also be hiring for uh, Dispo as well. Um, and then probably within like the next month or so, we might bring on another acquisition. Mm -hmm. Nice. So nice. that's your in-house team, mm -hmm. right? You have also a team of uh, cold callers that 
bring on the leads, right? Yeah. So um, I'll give a shout out to them. Uh, we use a company called Phone Beasts. Um, they've been great. You know, we work with them. Um, we've I've worked with them pretty much from the start. Uh, we have 18 cold callers with them right now. Um, by the end of the month, we'll be at 20. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they're, they're killer, right? Um, you know, obviously, you know, they are VA, so they are, you know, overseas. So, right. mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not going to be perfect, right? I think that's uh, one of the things I was really, I was guilty of this as well. Uh, you know, people are trying to get like, the perfect sounding VA, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I was guilty of that too. Like, you know, I didn't hire a VA for the longest time because I was like, I don't want somebody with a you know, super thick accent, you know, talking right. about colors, right? Like, um, and then, you know, really, I just kind of had to realize, like, as long as they're reading the script and as long as they're conversive and, you know, they don't sound robotic, they're still going to get the information. And right. if the seller is truly motivated, they're gonna, no. get, they're gonna talk mm-hmm. to them, right? Um, 100%. And so, you know, that's the biggest piece of advice I could give on that front is stop overthinking, trying to get the perfect VA. Right. They do exist, but they're few and far in between. Um, but yeah, we use phone beats. We have eight, 18 callers with them right now. Um, you know, we've tried other services. We've tried, you know, different things, but you know, those guys are awesome. We get, uh, you know, an operations manager and a team lead with them as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I only have to train one person and then that one person trains the rest of mm. 18 people. Oh, that's Yeah, I was going to ask cool. how, how that's set up. So that that's mm-hmm. all included in like, say, the yeah, monthly that's, cost. that's all included in the hourly rate, right? Um, and so I train the team lead and the operations manager. So I train them and then they go on and train the staff. Um, and it's, you know, super good. Uh, I've been working with them long enough now to where they kind of know where our expectations are right. to where if, you know, productivity is low on a caller, they'll automatically switch them out, train somebody new and pop them in. Oh, that's uh, cool. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they've been awesome for us. Um, so shout out to those guys at yeah. Phone Beasts. Um, uh, you can find them on Facebook. I don't think they're active really. I was anywhere. like, you got an affiliate link or something? Yeah, no, no. right. There you go. I, I mean, that's. That's the thing is I don't, you know, I don't have an affiliate leak or anything like that with them. They're just, you know, they're, they're good. Uh, you know, you can tell them Austin sent you. I don't know what they'll do for me, but. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll yeah. try. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh... for sure. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're really good. So I would definitely highly recommend, you know, them for any, anybody out there that's looking for a good cold calling service. You know, that's, that's who we use. And we've got 18 with them. We'll have 20 with them by the end of the month. Um, you know, they do offer like lead managers and stuff like that. We just, we don't utilize lead managers in our business personally. Um, so we don't use them for that. So I can't speak mm-hmm. on that, but their cold callers are top notch. Love it. Yeah. So is that something, was that kind of your first hire kind of going a little bit back? Oh, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like was yeah. hiring like phone beast. Oh yeah. Yeah. My first hire was to get me out of cold calling, yeah. um, you know, and uh, honestly that was, that was the most intimidating hire I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the most time intensive thing. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I used to be, I'm not so much anymore, but used to be like, if I wasn't busy, I didn't feel like I was propelling the business forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever I hired the VA to do cold calling, I had to figure out what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I can only work the leads that they sent in once they sent them in. Mm. Right. And like right. when you first get started, you know, you've only got like one or two cold callers. If that's what you start off with, like you're not going to be getting, you know, 10 to 15 leads a day. And mm-hmm. You're going to be popping off like one to four, you know? Right. Um, and so it's, you know, figuring out what to do with that time. Um, and that was a struggle for me, right? Like, you know, I went from cold calling eight hours a day and doing follow-ups and stuff to, now I don't have to cold call. <laughs> what do I do I now? Like, oh. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, that was definitely my first hire was, you know, that's the most time intensive um, and the least, the least like productive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't say productive, but it's the least revenue generating. Um, right. mm-hmm. And so I wanted to focus on more like the revenue generating, which was like closing deals and negotiating with sellers. Um, so cold calling VA was my first hire. Um, 
and you know first second third probably um but yeah that's that's what i would say is you know for anybody out there that's looking for what to do now um let your d like you got to go through it you got to go through the mud a little bit yeah let let your deals pay for taking yourself out of the positions you don't want to be in Um, right and like that's the advice I give everybody is like you know mm-hmm. don't go out and just hire a cold caller off off rip right yeah yeah you're not gonna know how to train them you know um, you know they're gonna ask you questions about rebuttals and object you just don't know the answer to right. uh, and so I recommend everybody who's just starting like you know I mean if you're coming in with some disposable income okay go out hire some cold callers and and you're good uh, but if you're coming off like trying to bootstrap it trying to really figure this thing out trying to you know grow a company um you know start cold calling figure it out you know and then you know once you close a deal or two use that to then hire a cold calling service yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i've always learned uh or somebody um and i'll never forget it was like every deal you'll close you should find a way to automate something in your business to take you out yeah whether it's hiring a cold caller or creating a process or giving a tool Mm -hmm. to you know alleviate you know the less uh costly um or low cost tasks sort of thing yeah. so i mm-hmm. love that yeah now did you uh when you hired your the co callers did now was your concentration on marketing and pulling lists and then um you know uh on disposition getting by more buyers into your list and all of that was that kind of your strategy going in after you get into the co callers yeah so um you know, whenever I whenever I first hired the cold callers, you know, obviously I was doing it prior. Um, right. So I probably had like 30 or 40 leads in the system. Um, okay. I had generated from cold calling and whatnot. So, um, you know, once I hired the cold callers, my focus went to let me beat up these 40 that are in my CRM already. Um, and then, yeah, I went to, you know, pulling more, you know, pulling more data. Um, they went to networking with, uh, you know, buyers and, you know, finding different buyers and, you know, figuring out what areas were best and where and, um, you know, all that. So it went to a lot of like market research and, you know, really analytic, analytical stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, a lot of my focus was just really like, I've got 40 people in my CRM right now let me hammer it out and see what I can generate now that I can put all of my focus on, you know, those 40 people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and running numbers for those 40 people and giving offers to those 40 people. Um, and so that's what I put a lot, like most of my focus on was like, I needed to get in touch with all 40 of those people. Um, and then once I was, you know, kind of done doing my follow-ups and stuff like that for the day, that's when I would go into, you know, the admin type stuff, like pulling lists and networking with buyers and stuff like that. Got it. Awesome. Now you mentioned that uh, you own a skip tracing company Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in our conversation last week, you also mentioned you're working on some cool podio or non podio stuff. Uh, Tell us about kind of like your ventures now that you've kind of freed up some, um, some time. Um, Yeah. So the skip tracing company is uh, fully operational. Um, It's, liquid skip tracing um you know we uh we've got tier one quality data um you know we're we're gonna be just as good quality data as you know some of the bigger providers um just a lot more affordable um so for anybody listening right now um you know they can go in place an order on our website uh just type in get the bag on uh, as like the coupon code um and we'll give you skip tracing for eight cents um, hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. It, right for uh, for tier one level data, um, but yeah, I mean, so the different stuff that we're kind of moving into now, um, you know, skip tracing. Obviously, we've got that going. Um, we are we do actually have a Podio based CRM um, that we're going to be you know rolling out here soon. Um, it really automates the full process. Um, one of the biggest things that I didn't like about a lot of the podio based, you know, CRMs that are out there right now was that, uh, I feel like they try to do too much and try to shove too much into a CRM. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my biggest thing, you know, being in sales for so long is I feel like the CRM should be for the sales, 
right? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not a total business overview of, you know, all your financials and everything like that. Like, yes, you can use it to track certain you know things. You can track your ROI and everything in there. But I feel like there was just a lot of clutter with all mm -hmm. the other Podio based CRMs and Podio in and of itself is already cluttered. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't need to make yeah. it more than it already is. Um, so I spent the time to really like dive in and build out a Podio based CRM that it it's in sequence. Right. So when the lead comes in, it starts as a lead. And then, you know, we've got a lead, a leads app. We've got an offers app. We've got an appointments app. We've got a, a whiteboard app. So, you know, the whole, whole process kind of flows. Uh, we've got, you know, JV app uh, to where, you know, you can send out the web form and people can fill out and, and submit JV deals to you guys. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we kind of automated a lot, right? We don't have any e-signature, you know, integrations, but we've got it to where it'll automatically generate a PDF offer in five seconds, you know, based on mm -hmm. the in the Podio. Um, you know, it'll underwrite deals for you. It'll tell you what your MAO is based on, you know, if you're selling it to a local buyer, or if you're selling it to an institutional level buyer. So, um, you know, we've really put some time and energy into that. I've gotten actually, uh, you know, actually somebody you guys have had on here, Eric, uh, I've gotten, you know, other people, you know, that I know and friends of mine to kind of put, give their input and kind of what's good, what's bad and things like that. And uh, I think we've got mm -hmm. a really good product with it right now. Uh, so we're working on getting that to where it's, you know, able to be rolled out, uh, should be here soon. Um, and then, yeah, we are actually working with a developer right now to, um, really get a CRM that's off Podio. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have a timeline on that just because there's no <laughs> telling. Um, but yeah, that it's, uh, whenever it's, you know, kind of all said and done with, that's going to be uh, a huge one. Um, but yeah, we're, we're working on all that stuff kind of in the background. Um, it doesn't take up too much of my time because I've outsourced it to, you know, the professional, mm -hmm. right? Like, right, 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 right. I'm not a coder, right? So I'm not going to pretend like I am. So I went and hired one to kind of work with me in conjunction to build it out. Um, you know, I've got, you know, VAs and, and a team that run the skip tracing right now. Um, we're working on building up our team for the CRM. Um, so, you know, they don't take up too much of my time. Um, but, you know, everything is kind of all in one. And, and that's kind of what I've, I've kind of planned is to kind of keep everything kind of in line with what we're doing. Um, you know, we've got the wholesaling company, we've got the skip tracing company, we've got the mm -hmm. CRM company. Um, so everything's kind of like right in line. Love it. Yeah, yeah I know great. people will be already jumping at so Whenever it comes out, we need a wait list. <laughs> yeah, know, right. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, and you can actually we do have a website for the CRM. Um, you know, it's not nothing too fancy. I built it right. Um, we're working on getting another one built, but if you guys are interested in the CRM, just kind of getting a demo or anything like that, you can go to getliquidcrm.com um, um, and uh, you know, just kind of get more information about it. Yeah. Is that a, a Podio plugin for that? Um, that no, so it's not, it's not a plugin, right? Okay. Um, so we've we've built the entire workspace. Um, so whenever new users sign up, we have to go in and actually, you know, fully build out the workspace for them and everything. Oh, like got that. you. Yeah. So um, we can integrate, you know, like Carrot. We can integrate, um, you know, WordPress websites, <clears throat> um, you know, any SMS platforms to use or any, you know, cold calling and stuff like that. So we... We have a team that handles all the integrations and everything like that. We're able to, you know, import and export, um, you know, all your data from your old CRM. Because that's one of the biggest headaches, right? And switching a new yeah. CRM is yep. you've got yeah. all this information in your old one. <laughs> and how does it go to the new one? Um, so we've got a team that handles all that for everybody. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, uh, CRM is Get Liquid CRM. Uh, skip Tracing is just liquidskiptracing.com. So, um yeah, definitely Bye. tap in. I, yeah, I posted it. it uh, the Bye. skip tracing and your CRM look looking good. Yeah, that's so cool, right? definitely cool. tap in with Austin. Oh, Check well, out the site. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, one thing we wanted to kind of get from you is like, you know, since we were talking about family and y your business, what are some, 
your uh, your family goals, right? Like personal goals with your family. Mm-hmm. And then what are some goals for your business? I know you've, you know, expanded your real estate business to for CRM and skip tracing. So what are your, uh, I guess, more long-term goals for your business too? Yeah. So, um, you know, on the family side, um, yeah, it's kind of tough to say, right? We're, um, you know, we're, we're in a good position right now, right? We're not, um, you know, we're not, we're not stressing about, you know, little stuff that we used to stress out about. Right. So uh, I think when it comes like the family stuff, uh, my biggest goal for like your family is just, you know, spending more time with them. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got a one-year-old and eight-year-old. I want to soak up every minute that we can. Right. So I think as far as like the goal on the family side, it's more, I just want to spend more time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to be more, I want to be present more, uh, you know, go, you know, take them to see things, you know, that they're going to remember. Um, you know, experiences are, are big, um, you know, because, you know, you can make more money, but you can't create more time. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think on the family side, it's just more time, more experiences with them. Um, on the business side. Um, so right now we're, we're pacing um, to have, you know, the biggest year that we've had so far. Um, you know, we're we're on pace to hit you know, just under 2 million in, a, in fees. Um, Amazing. Our, That's goal, awesome. our, our goal for the business is our goal is to get to the point where we're doing a million a quarter. Um, you know, all of our teams on board with that, you know, they're all hyped about it. Um, you know, and I make sure too that, you know, that the guys that would, you know, the people that we bring on the team, like we make sure they're compensated well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest thing is, you know, the culture and the environment and, you know, them wanting to come to work. Right. Wanting to come, wanting to, you know, wanting to make calls, wanting to lock up deals, you know, and and that's the biggest thing is, you know, we make sure that they're they're taken care of uh, because then whenever we do set goals for the company, everyone's bought in. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they know that their poor their portion to that equals what they take home. Um, And so they're they're pumped, they're hyped. but yeah, so company wise, our goal is we're, we're our goal is to get to the point where we're doing you know a million dollars in fees in a, uh, each quarter, um, and then aside from that, you know we're also looking at you know trying to start building a portfolio as well. Um, so probably you know before the end of the year, we're going to start taking down some rental properties, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I don't really want to get into flipping if I'm going to be completely. Yeah. Uh, you don't have yeah. to. Yeah, you don't have, yeah, I think the common like misconception around the industry is like it's like a it's like a ladder, right? Like you know, wholesaling step one, flipping step <laughs> three, rentals are step three, right? Like uh, I think everybody kind of mis misinterprets that. Uh, I don't really think you you necessarily have to get into flipping. I don't yeah. think you necessarily have to get into you know buying rental properties. Um, you know, to be completely honest. I don't necessarily want to own rental properties. It's more so I want to own them for the tax, you know. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Make a million a quarter. You got that money's got. Yeah, and so that's yeah. the thing is I don't really necessarily want the rental properties for the income. Um, you know, that's more so what I'm creating the CRM for is to have that passive, you know, monthly income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes like the rental properties, that's more so strategic than it is anything else. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the biggest goals that we're looking to get into by the end of the year is really start getting into multifamily um, a little bit more heavy than we than we kind of have been in the past. Um, you know, really start marketing more towards it, really start, you know, networking more, start raising private capital. Um, mm-hmm. We really want to start taking down some multifamily, um, if not before the end of the year, beginning a Q1 next year. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at, like goal wise for the company um, is, you know, we're, we're goal to hit a million a quarter, um, take down a couple rentals, you know, just more so for the tax, you know, tax breaks on it than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then start raising some capital, uh, to start taking down some multifamily towards the end of this year, beginning of next year. Um, and just really start taking off and seeing where we can go from there. Love it. Are there yeah. any specific markets you're looking into and, mm-hmm. um, also kind of, um, a second part to that question is, Right now, you're marketing in very in almost nationwide as well, right? You're not just closing in a particular market. Yeah, so um, I'll answer question two before I answer question one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> more context, right? So uh, right now, we're actively marketing in Jacksonville, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, 
Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we're doing a little bit of marketing in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, Dallas, Texas, and Houston, Texas. So those are all the markets that we're in. And it's not just marketing. We're actively doing deals in each of those markets. Um, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in 10 different markets, but I close three deals a month. Um, right. You know, know. so um, we're, we're actively doing deals in all those markets. Um, and so when it comes time for us to start really looking to, you know, raise capital and actually start looking at deals. Um, we want to kind of stay in those similar markets, you know, really the Southeast is what we're looking for. Um, you know, obviously if we can come across a really good deal. I'm, I'm not going to say no, if it's not in that geographic area. Um, I just, I know the Southeast. So it's easier for me to look at a deal and know what's kind of really going to happen if it's in the Southeast. Um, but like I said, if it's, if it's a good deal, we're still going to look at it regardless of the you know geographical location. Right. And uh, what what sort of steps did you take to kind of open up those different markets? Like, has your process really mm -hmm. changed or is it just kind of copy paste? Um, so <laughs> a lot of trial and error. Um, <laughs> but uh, our, our process right now is, is pretty copy paste at this point. Um, you know, if we're going to launch a market, uh, we're going to launch a market with a super niche list, right? You know, all the lists that they talk about on every, almost every other podcast, right? You know, your absentees, your pre-foreclosures, mm -hmm. your vacancies, your liens, like all that stuff, right? Um, that's how we launch a market because mm -hmm. we should be able to get deals off of those niche lists, right? right. Um, and then we kind of judge the market based on those deals and kind of the interest, the appetite for, you know, the buyers have for those deals. Um, and then if, you know, we realize the appetite is good, then we'll we'll do broad marketing and we'll start really hammering the market. Uh, we realize the appetite is kind of so-so. Um, we'll do another round of a, of a, of a niche kind of list in different counties and stuff like that uh, to really kind of see if it was just, you know, maybe those deals or if it's really just the appetite's not that good in that market. Um, but, you know, if we realize that, you know, after the first round of marketing, the appetite's just not there. Uh, we're having trouble selling deals or we're not, you know, our spreads are kind of thin. Um, then it's just easy. It's easy. We just pull out and we'll find a new market. You know, we do different market research. Um, you know, I'm continuously looking at new markets all the time. Uh, it's one of the biggest things that I do right now is, you know, market research with, you know, the activity level, the you know level of buyers, you know, what things are selling for, what the average sales price is and all these different markets, you know, institutional level activity versus, you know, uh, you know, individual level activity. Um, and so I'm constantly looking at those things all the time. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how we make our decision on what we what we launch into. Um, and we always launch with a niche list because, like I said, we should be able to get some 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 return off of a niche list. Right. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of judge it based on the appetite from the deals that we get. So. That's kind of that's our process now. Like I said, it's pretty copy and paste at this point. Um, but a lot of that be, is because, you know, our marketing spend right now is an investment because I know that we've got mm -hmm. the process in place to close the deals once we get them. Right. Um, and that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, you got to look at the marketing as an investment. But before you do that, you've got to have the process to be able to close the deals on the back end. You know, because hundred percent, I can I can invest in crypto all I want. I don't know jack shit about it. Mm -hmm. you know? So right. it's it's just kind of like I'm throwing money at it, hoping that what everybody's saying is working. Yeah. Um, kind of similarly, like right, it, you can't just throw money at marketing, expect to get deals. You've got to have a process in place with your acquisition, your dispo, to be able to to make sure you're not only getting deals, but you're getting deals at a price that you can sell them at. Mm -hmm. uh, so really before you start looking into like branching into new markets and you know, whatever, um, go deep in your business first to make sure your processes are good. Uh, and then once you're, you realize your processes are good, that's when you can start really kind of expanding into different markets. Um, because I'm a big believer in going deep, not wide. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we go deep in a market before we get into a new market. I love that. How many times have, and I'm a victim uh, or, I guess I'm guilty of it where we're starting off and we're like, okay, I want to try all these markets without <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, having yeah, a I know, right? not having a process. I know. Yeah. 
people say I should, you know, they're closing deals here. So let me go <laughs> here. You know, there's no uh, thought. I, I like that. Um, what you said where I, we go deep, not wide. Yeah. yeah and and I like, like I said, that, that came from trial and error because I was the same yeah. way. Right. Like right. I was like, man, we're going to be doing deals everywhere. <laughs> And right. you know, we started launch, launching marketing in like Birmingham and Memphis and like right. all these places. I just didn't know anything. Right. Um, and like, I mean, I'll never forget. We had a deal locked up in Birmingham, Alabama for seven grand and mm. I couldn't sell it. Wow. You know, and like, that's not, that's not normal because like right now our average, you know, from contract to dispo is like 48 hours. Um, right. so like we're, we're selling deals quick. Um, but like I had to deal locked up for seven grand. I couldn't, I couldn't move it. I just didn't know anything about the market. Come to find out it was in the middle of the hood and mm, right. you know, it, was, it was just in a bad area. Right. right. Um, so I, I did the same thing where I, lo I, I was in like, I was pulling like really tiny, you know, 5,000 records in this market, you know, 3000 records in this market, just because I wanted to be that, you know, nationwide virtual guy. Right. right. Um, <laughs> You know, because it's all it's glorified everywhere, right? You're right. Of course, uh, yeah. And uh, really quickly realized that that's not that's not it, right? Yeah. Uh, I realized yeah. it wasn't a scalable model to just kind of spray and spray, right? right. Um, and so that's when we really scaled back. We we went from I mean I think we were marketing at I was marketing one time in like twelve different markets. I can't even tell you all the markets because I was just freaking pulling lists in different cities you know um we went from 12 to back to two mm. right sometimes you guys simplify we, it. you know we dove deep in those two um really kind of tailored our process and went from two to four and then went from four to six and then uh went from six to nine so like uh we really tailored our process and once we got the process tailored and once we kind of got the everything kind of working and clicking it was a lot easier to go, okay, hey, we're going to launch these three markets this month. Right. right? Okay, hey, next month we're going to go to these two. Right. Right. Um, right. It was a lot easier to do that um, versus just being like, oh, this guy said deals in Memphis are crazy. Memphis next month. Man, so many people right, 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 right. You close your list. So what, what sort of things do you, do you do to like, before you go into market to like become mm -hmm. an expert in that market? Like where's some, just a few things that you do? never an expert in the market before we launch <laughs> completely or at least to get right? a good idea yeah, like um, where I mean, yeah really you know i just i'll look on prop uh you know prop stream is a very you know useful thing for more mm -hmm. than just running comps right, right. Uh, or pulling lists so i'll look on prop i'll just you know i'll type in the the city and i'll just see like re, you know recently sold active listings and things like that uh, it's easy to see what what houses are flips and not. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll go to Zillow and I'll type in you know the city and see. Uh, you know, Zillow's super helpful. You know, you can see recently solds and everything like that. So I'll go on Zillow, do recently sold, and I'll do last ninety days. And I'll see the activity in the market and you know if it's active or not. Because whether or not it's a wholesale deal or if it's a traditional you know listing, it still shows, right? right. Right. Um, so I'll kind of see what the activities like that way. Um, you know, I'll just do Google searches, right? Like average sales price in, you know, this city um, and just go through different kind of, you know, articles and different, you know, places about because uh, all that stuff's public information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, unless it's a non-disclosure state like a Texas or something like that. But uh, for the most part, you know, you can find all that information just off of Google. Um, yeah. So. I'd like to sit here and say it's like some fancy like <laughs> thing that we do, but um, it's just a lot of time just, you know, diving into prop, diving into Zillow and diving into Google. Um, and then it's also based on the buyers, you know, the buyers that we have and um, and everything like that. And so and then, and then relationships are also a big part of it, too. Right. Like mm -hmm. uh, we've got institutional level buyers that we work with as well. But, you know, if I've got something in, you know, say this city and I, and I'm kind of going between two different cities. I've got institutional level buyers of both, but I know someone that mar that works in this market. I'm going to go with that market mm. because then what happens is I can also get deals that aren't on institutional level buyers. Right. Mm -hmm. I can get deals that are, you know, for local people because the person that I know that, you know, my friend has buyers. 
And right. so I can JV with them, right? I think too many mm-hmm. people are also just a little too greedy and they don't like to JV deals, right? And yeah, I think that's a huge resource, especially when it comes to launching a market. Right. Is, you know, JV, 100%. right? Like, especially when you're launching a market, because that person, especially if they've been in that market longer than you have, probably has a pretty good buyers list. <laughs> right. You know? and yeah. The other thing is too, like they'll be able to tell you if you're running your numbers right, you know, because different markets are different. And mm-hmm. so when it comes down to it, like, yes, there's like a general over way that you can kind of run numbers, just kind of blanket. Um, but, you know, different, you know, colleagues and different, you know, people in your network will be able to really tell you if you're running numbers right for the appetite in that market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, like I utilize my network a lot whenever we come to like launching new markets. I love that. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I w- so we're, we're approaching the end. Somebody did post a question. I think we may have touched upon this, but what's your current like struggle right now in, in your business? Currently, um, <laughs> hiring, um, you know, <laughs> to be completely, I mean, yeah, to be completely honest, it's, it's hiring the in-house people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think just with everything that's happened the past two years, I think too many people have just gotten used to being lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, that's, that's not, you know, I don't, I hate to generalize like that, but it's just what I've seen. Right. Um, and so I think too many people have gotten used to just being lazy. So it's hard to hire people right now, um, that, that are, that are hungry. Right. right. Um, you know, a lot of people have just gotten handouts for the last two years, you know, as, as bad as it is to say, it's the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people, it's hard for them to kind of make that switch again to like get back in you know, grind mode or whatever the case may be. Um, and interviewing right now is tough, too. You know, yeah. like so many people are used to, you know, virtually working and remote work and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm all for remote working, but you know, we're also trying to build a culture and an environment like in our office as well. So, um, you know, there's a time and place for the remote workers. Um, and so like right now, the biggest struggle has just been hiring and finding like the right culture fits. Um, because that's the biggest, like for me, you know, I'm going to protect the culture of the business over everything. Right. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to make sure that, like whenever I interview people, I will interview them and then I'll have my team interview them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's great. I can like them all I want, but if they don't get along and you know they're they're not a culture fit with the guy, you know, the people that are already on the floor, then it's not gonna work. Right. Absolutely. It won't. It won't be a long-term fit. Um, so yeah, right now, man, my biggest struggle has just been hiring. Um, mm-hmm. you know hiring the interview process like every that everything involved in the hiring process has been you know the biggest struggle lately um yeah yeah. love it yeah definitely cool well Well, we're we're at the end uh it's been such a good good time i can't believe it's already been over an hour so (laughs) yeah right I'll give you some time to think what you want to leave the audience with today yeah um but in the meantime while you think about that guys thank you guys so much for tuning in uh make sure guys liquidskiptracing.com eight cent skip uh records uh if you put in get the bag code uh, when you put in your order also get liquidcrm.com if you want to get a sneak peek of austin's awesome crm no 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 uh no shade to Podio by any means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, Podio is Podio, right? It's the industry standard. At, you know, at the end of the day, it it works, right? Right. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, guys, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, follow Austin. I think I also put in his IG. Follow him on uh, um, on IG, Austin. Uh, was it Austin Rice underscore REI? Yeah. All right. What do you want to leave the audience with today, Austin? Yeah, I mean, it, it uh, it's something I said earlier, but, you know, especially for people that are just starting off, um, you know, the biggest the biggest advice is, is, you know, build the business around the lifestyle you want. Right. Don't build your lifestyle around the business um, because that's how people burn out. 
you know, there, there's a short life cycle for entrepreneurs. There's a short life cycle for business owners. Right. Um, and a lot of it comes because people are building their lifestyle around the business. Um, you know, this isn't something I want to be short term. It's not something that, you know, it's something that I want to build, right? Like I want to build this and this is going to be, you know, uh, you know, my kids and everything like that, they're going to see it. Right. So, um, the biggest piece of advice, the biggest thing I leave everybody with is, is build the business around your life, mm. right? Don't build your life around the business. Uh, Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Austin, thank you so much. It was so, yeah, so I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Yeah, make sure to tune in. We'll make sure to plug in all this information in the show notes as well. But awesome, awesome man. man. Wish you the best of luck hitting the million uh, dollars this guys. quarter. Um, yeah, yeah sure. we'll definitely be tuning in. And, uh, you know, if you want a JV with you, uh, is there, you know, should they hit you up on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. If you guys are, you know, if any of the markets that we're in, um, you know, if you guys have a deal and you you want help moving it, um, you know, we, we move deals in all those markets for, I mean, pretty, pretty damn close to ARV. Um, you know, just hit me up on IG, um, you know, really our website as well. Um, on Instagram, I actually have a link in my bio and there's actually a button that says JV deals with us. Um, they can click on that and fill out the web form. It'll actually get submitted straight to our JV department. Um, and then we'll let you know if it's something we can help you out with or not. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Love well, it. Well, make sure to connect with Austin. Awesome. Appreciate you, my man. Yeah, we'll definitely thank you. have to get you on next year after you, you know, bought some, a few multifamily, a few million dollars. No biggie. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah hopefully yeah, you found a higher by then too. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. All right, you guys. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Catch you guys next week. Yeah. Later. <laughs>